Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. everybody. I want to thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coach Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm excited to just bring you guys some more heat, some more fire, some more wisdom from amazing servant leaders. I'm super excited about this conversation, was connected with her by another servant leader, and just the spirit that exudes through her. I already know this conversation is going to be one for the books. We have Coach Tasha Pointer with us today, the head women's basketball coach at the University of Illinois, Chicago, She's already been on here before we got started dropping some nuggets with me and even blessing me with some some things in my future journey. So I know this is going to be a great conversation. Coach, as I always tell everybody, I thank you for your time. Time is that one thing that I know is limited in your world, but it's the one thing that once it's given, we can't give it back. So I'm super glad to have you here. I thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm going to pass the torch to you just to say hello to our listeners, and we're going to get this conversation started. Chelsea, thank you so much for having me. Um, everyone, thanks so much for being here. I'm really, really excited. I was nervous and excited thinking about today's podcast and being able to share my faith. And so, um, Coach Pat, I want to thank you for uh, connecting us. And that's yes. the way it works. And so thank you, everyone, um, for one, serving, but also for stepping out on faith and sharing your faith and who Christ is to all of us. I think that's awesome. And and definitely shout out to Coach Pat. You know, it's just amazing. Just like you said, the way God works and how he works through people. Yes. And if if we didn't, if we didn't ever believe that to be true, this global pandemic over the past year and continues to really show people that, that the number of individuals that God has placed on this platform and in my life, you know, you don't even know the first four minutes of this conversation today, how you blessed and poured into me already just in this time and who knows if by his hand of this pandemic and this connection if we would have even been having this conversation so I'm thankful for God for it and and coach I appreciate you you know when people heard and saw that we had you on this evening you know the amount of individuals and the things they had to say it didn't surprise me any it really didn't you know oh my gosh she's the truth oh my God, send her my love Oh, I know that message is going to be amazing. But the greatest thing that I love about that is, oh, her heart is so pure. That was the greatest one I got on those comments and just those messages. And when we're walking as servant leaders, no matter the path that we take, that is truly what we try to use. And one of the things that we've been talking about in this one year of the podcast is the servant leaders arsenal. Some of those things that servant leaders need to embody while we serve, no matter what the facet is. And so just in knowing your journey and the position that you're in, can you talk to us a little bit about your position, your program at UIC, 
And then just talk to us a little bit about how you show your servanthood while in that role. Well, I'll tell you, I'll start with this. Um, one of the things that I prayed that whenever I got an opportunity to become a head coach, that I would inherit a program that had never gone to the NCAA tournament. And so you have to really understand what you're praying for, what you're asking God for, because God will give you just that. Come and on. so part of um, what God has blessed me with is um, having the opportunity to lead, right? I said, hey, God, I never want to return to the Chicagoland area. I thought that I was just fine being in New Jersey and being in a comfortable setting. I had gone to Rutgers um, and played there as well as coached there. Well, returned to Chicago at Northwestern for less than a year, and I had my opportunity to lead here at UIC. UIC has never gone to NCAA tournament for women's basketball. Well, I didn't say, hey, God, I'm not sure I want to inherit an underdeveloped program. And so I knew that it would be a challenge, but I didn't know how much of a challenge it would be. So inherit this underdeveloped basketball program. And whenever that happens, you have to decide how you want to try to build the program. Well, it's been extremely difficult because as a competitor, I've lost more than I've won. But I'm reminded um, that God is in all things. And losing looks different when you're speaking from a competitive standpoint. I said to myself, now, oh, Lord, now, um, did I really pray this prayer for a, a program that had you not? You sure I said not, that? <laughs> did I really ask this? So my husband, thank God for husbands. He helped to remind me. And so throughout my three-year journey here and just being in the foxhole, frustrated, as well as um, humbled, because when God gave the opportunity, it's what I prayed for. And in addition to that, I feel like God has taken me back to the Old Testament and just the Israelites, right? And how they were in the wilderness for years before they got to the promised land. But then went a little bit deeper with a friend, maybe two or three days ago, and we were just talking about Gideon, right? And how oftentimes when you are to lead a group of people, it's not easy as the leader because sometimes leadership is just downright lonely. But then the other component to leadership, serving people, you got to serve those who are groaning too. You got to serve those who do not want to be led. You've got to be willing to serve those who are like, you know what? I thought I really wanted this journey, but mm -mm. And so it's all of it. So it encompasses everything. But what was interesting that my friend and I, we were discussing was how God had told Gideon, hey, we're not taking all those folks. Like, because Gideon like, hey, God, show me a couple signs. I'm like, God, if you really said I'm supposed to take over this program and lead the program, like, God, show me a sign what I'm supposed to do. Now, oftentimes as the leader, you hear, you, you have the pregnant pause that you know, like, oh, God, did you say this? Like, hold up. And so I've had those, but especially year number three, when I could see the program moving, I can see 
what we had been working so hard to establish. But then there was the part where I became super frustrated. Like, God, it's right there. It's right there. And trying to pull everyone, come on, get to this direction. And God basically revealing that there are certain ones that you'll be able to identify. And it's a part of God's calling that there are certain people that are supposed to be a part of to continue out the program and allow it to come to fruition. As the leader, sometimes it is difficult to embrace what you know God is saying. God, give me one more sign. Tell it to me one more time. God, if you said it, then let this happen. And then just understanding that as a leader, God has to grow me first. It's one thing to be called. It's another thing to be called ready for action. So while Gideon needed, you know what I'm saying? Um, God, <laughs> reveal it to me one more time. Like, show me the sign a second time because God, I'm, I'm going to put the action to it, right? And then Gideon being like, okay, now I'm ready to go because you didn't show me a second time like what I'm supposed to do. So the same with our program. God, you have revealed. I got the action. And then God being like, okay, you got too many people because I can't do the impossible with everybody because then everybody won't have the humility to serve me, to praise me, and to show the world who I am, what I'm about. And so I feel like through the Israelites, through Gideon and his leadership, I've learned that in growing the program, that it's more important that as I grow, so must I grow my staff, support staff. Because at the division one level, everyone who touched your program, you have to be prepared to help them grow, to serve them, and to understand that while there may be differences of opinions, we can all meet at a common place to grow what God has said for the program and for the young ladies that we serve. Now, what does that look like? Day to day, it'll look different, but God doesn't change. And if we just hold on to God, it's going to come to fruition. But as the leader, can you be patient enough, humble enough? Can you allow yourself to have a certain level of authenticity that would allow the people that you're leading to understand that you have flaws too, that you get discouraged as well? And how will you empower them? Because it's not enough to try to get to where you think that God is saying that you should go. But how can you serve other people to help them get to where they need to go? Because the direction that we travel sometimes as leaders, it can be lonely, but how can you still empower the person to your left and to the right and have a level of humility to say, hey, I don't know, or can you help me? Can you just run it? Like, show me, let me, let me come to the gym and let me just be quiet and let me watch you in your greatness. Let me understand God let me pray for them. Let me go on these gratitude walks by myself. Let me get up earlier in the morning so I can pray for my staff, the people that are here to help serve the young ladies. Let me pray for our players because without that, God, if we win and we show up, then I think it's me. By my own hands, I can help build this program. But then if you lose enough in terms of win-loss column, you have no other choice 
but to lean on the people that God wants you to serve so that God gets praised. And in a city like Chicago, it's so many distractions that you can become a part of that, <laughs> distract it. But if God, who has his hand on you, will not forget about you and understand that God puts you at that place for the appointed time, and can you still serve? Can you grow? Can you tell the people that you're next to, I didn't get that right. Can you forgive me? I apologize. I can do better. How can I come alongside you and do better? I think it's all of those things. And then being woman enough or man enough to woman up to God in your prayers and be like, God, who? I ain't do that one right. <laughs> I, I didn't reveal who you are. Right. And you know, I fall short of your glory all the time. God, you know, I still like to use these colorful words. Let me, God, I'm trying to like, let me, let me scale back. And so um, get in tune with yourself because you can lead people when you are authentic with people and you let people know of your shortcomings because leadership and parenting is not perfect. It's not perfectionism. It's speaking the truth and in order to go and grow, you have to have some fails. First attempt and learning. Some people look at it, fail. Oh, that's a failure, but fail. First attempt and learning. And so you might have several fails, but it's what you do with those fails. And it doesn't make you a failure. It allows you and your program to grow because everyone wants to operate from a level of hey, um, this happened, but at the same time, I am going to try to be bigger and better for my position and who God is calling me to be. I wish you could see my little hand over here writing. I, I, and I knew it. I knew it was coming. I knew just from our conversations that it was about to be one of those moments that my wrist was going to be working today. But one of the things that really just hit me is exactly what you said in order to grow and go you have to know that you're going to fail but you also have to understand that fail is my first attempt in learning and a lot of times we shy away from that the other thing that stung me was when you said you have to woman or man up in your prayers to god and it's so funny it is a constant conversation that i have with servant leaders on here it's become a trend right, of how we, your babies, you were talking to me about your, your beautiful daughters before we got on here, and I can assure you they have no problem in speaking to you, talking to you, asking for what they need, there's no hesitation, there's no fear, they come straight at you, why, because you're their mom, you're their parent, they, they know you, right, mm -hmm. see, we have to develop that relationship with God, where not only we can go to him and ask for things, and go to him when things are good, but we got to be able to say, you know what, Lord, I messed that one up, I'm sorry, you know, check me, right? Like that's supposed to say, search me. If you find something that's not of you, take it out. And I love how you put that. We got the woman up in our prayers or man, insert your, you know, your, your position in there. And just, God, I wasn't right. And I'm asking you to, to mend that, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we can fail in Christ. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Remember, it's that first attempt in learning. I like the coach. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's, um, I think parenting got me to this position in coaching where I could be honest and say, I didn't do that right. I didn't get it right. And it's okay. And not to look at myself 
and think that I should shrink from what God has called me to do because I didn't get it right the first time. But know that God allows us to repent. God allows us to pray and God allows us to move forward. Oftentimes we will um, sometimes block our own blessings by being like, well, I messed up so I can't get back right. I don't know if God will receive me. No, God receives us. Like, but we got to go to God in prayer. We got to go to God with our meditation. We have to do our part with um, Bible study and fellowshipping with other people because when we function in a silo, that's not good for us. And so all you have are your own thoughts. How do you know if your thoughts are the best? Do you have a older mentor, prayer warrior, someone who can tell you the truth in love and someone who, who can tell you like, oh, it's okay to cry about it. It's okay to not be okay in this moment. I think what the Bible shows us, a tremendous amount of leaders who were uncertain. How, whoo, folks in that boat, like Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Like, and so what's great is we all have a level of vulnerability, but it's how you show up with your vulnerability. And so my kids, they don't mind asking me, my, my daughters, along with our players, don't mind asking me the tough questions. And sometimes I'm like, oh, don't ask me that question. Like, I, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready to answer the question. But then understanding that's a part of your role. You got to answer. You got to make sure that they are comfortable enough where they can ask you questions so that they can grow. And I would say the most important is um, being a woman of color, actually um, modeling things. I love, what I love about what I do um, and who I am is that I don't have to put my faith to the side. I don't have to put the fact that I am a very passionate basketball coach, but I don't have to put to the side my family either. Like it's, I'm an all-in-one stop shop. And so when we go to recruit parents, players, um, I show them who I am because most parents want us to model something for their daughters, right? But I have an expectation, I have an expectation of their daughters to model for my daughter, or I should say my daughters. And so to see how God has allowed something that was once a hobby for me when I was so young, basketball, right? To become my passion, my career, and really, God has utilized it so that I can become a change agent. And so what does that look like? It looks like serving others through basketball and not just here stateside, but globally. Chelsea, I mentioned to you before that my husband, um, his family is from Ghana. And so being able to go abroad several times, especially to different countries in Africa to actually give back and giving back is your time, talent, right? And your resources. And so to know that God has blessed me with a division one head coach opportunity to do those things, to give back with my time, talent, and resources. And so um, to have a cool maiden last name as Pointer, like I was destined to play basketball, like point guard. I point mean, guard. you just were. That's <laughs> yeah, what it was. And so I, I enjoy every step of this journey 
And it is challenging, but I also know that with challenges, God is right there through it all. God does big things with small numbers. And, and like God does it in such a way that you can't do anything but give God the credit. Everybody else can't do anything but give God the credit. And so inheriting a program such as UIC that had never gone to NCAA tournament, only been to one uh, WNIT tournament in the history of women's basketball. That sounds like God all over it. Like God has it. And just as the bamboo tree, it takes five years for folks to be like, where it come from? Same with our program. But as the leader, don't get burnt out. Don't get so frustrated that um, you do something that's extremely crazy and it's not what God has for you or the program. And so I'm excited because the best is yet to come and um, can't wait to continue to just share my faith, my story, but also the story of the program. So good. I'm sitting here. I'm telling you, when you hear me, because I, I quote y'all now, and <laughs> the most amazing part, I feel like this past year and some change has truly been like my life's greatest professional development. Truly. Mm-hmm. Amazing because it's like you take individuals like yourself and it's like, oh my gosh, like I've never heard that before. And I wish you could see all the books that they contain you all, your servant leaders. It's almost like a book. I'm, I'm going to have to put y'all in a book. I'm going to give you y'all credit. God does big things with small numbers. Y'all already, KB, you already know I'm about to go with this. My favorite, everybody know, is Christine Kane. I'm telling you right now, that girl, one of these days, she gonna get on here. Okay, take her down, coach. Do you know what Christine Kane? If you don't know, those that are listening, those that are right here on here with us, and those that's gonna listen on this podcast, if you don't know this lady, if you don't know that powerful woman of God, her name is Christine Kane. All right, Christine with the C came with the C. And she's amazing. She is a woman of God. She's a pastor. She is over A21, a human sex trafficking organization. She is just bomb. She really is. And when you hear her, she's a person who she's never going to have a message where you're like, mm, I wouldn't feel that. Like she's going to set you on fire. I'm telling you right now, coach, we're going to talk about this. I'm telling you. But that day, every time she opens up on a podcast, Every time she opens up in her message, she says, impossible is where God starts. Mm. Miracles is what God does. And the reason why impossible is where God starts, because much like what you said, he needs us to understand, it couldn't have been my hand. Like you mentioned with that win and loss column. No, we got to have some of that loss column, because see, we start to think things were by our own might, right? And, you know, and when she says that, it puts me to balance on so many, it puts me in check. It allows me, as you said, to woman up to God, to remember that I cannot move, I cannot breathe, I cannot do anything, and I don't have or achieve anything without him. And like that bamboo tree, sometimes Christ does things where while he's doing them, we don't, what's that song say, even when I can't see it, you're working? Mm-hmm. He sometimes that blows our minds and we didn't even see it coming. You know, I, I promise it's almost like the grass being cut, right? You cut the grass, like, okay, we good. And then you don't pay attention to it growing, but one day you pull up and it's like, why is the grass out of hand, right? Yeah. And that is how God works so often. He will blow your mind in such a way 
that just like you have no reason other than him to know immediately that was God. That was God. And when you said that, he works powerful, that he does big things in small numbers. So you know that was nobody but his hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was powerful, coach. Thank you. I'll say um, also, I think that we all have our cave moments, right? When you think about some of the prophets, um, Elijah, who had who faith that was unreal, right? Yeah. Some of the prophets, they ran, they hid in the cave, like, because folks are at the head, right? While hiding in caves, God allows us to have quiet time, reflection time. And for me, I can honestly tell you, sometimes I've rolled the wave, right? Like, I'm like, oh, the ups and the downs, right? But it's interesting that, especially this year, hearing God and obedience is better than sacrifice, right? And I get it. Like, I'm up for some in the morning, like every day. God, I hear you. I, I hear you. God, you know that most people will start either texting me, kid to get up, husband needs some. My parents recently retired. Now all of a sudden they're calling. <laughs> all the things that we feel drawn to, like, oh, I got to respond. Like these people, they these are my, my folks, right? God's like, but what about me? So God, whatever time you need me to be up, I'm going to be consistent because oftentimes we can ride the wave of how we feel. God has revealed to me that consistency is the key in any relationship, but most importantly, the relationship with him. So our cave moments allow us to be consistent. And as we are consistent, especially as leaders, there is a certain level of trust. There's a certain level of discipline that comes from just being consistent. And consistency looks like showing up. Show up at the appointed time. Show up when things don't feel good, but show up because that's what God expects of us, right? And the people that we are serving, they expect us to show up. Show up when everybody else don't believe. Show up when it looks like it's bleak. Show up when things are going extremely well. Show up. Model the consistency of showing up because that's what God does even when we ain't even thinking that like God got us. God has always shown up because we have the ability to breathe. Show up. And so I'm trying to be obedient, not trying because I tell our kids all the time, I can't measure trying, but that's right. we can measure effort. And my effort, showing up. Y'all, I'm telling you, my little hand is about to fall off. Because, Coach, you're sitting here dropping, and I'm laughing because I see everybody else, too. And I think that's amazing. I think that, you know, the way that you break it down in such a way, I wish I was a player under you. Um, because you to have a spiritual coach, to have a coach that's led and guided, that's amazing. That just is beyond me. Daniel, I see your hand up. Do you have something? You are so free. This is that realm where you could just talk. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, how's everybody doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, I'm really enjoying the word from 
Coach Pointer, um, how you doing, Coach? Doing well, Mr. McLeod. Oh, yeah. Coach Pointer, uh, Coach is my favorite basketball player. Uh, my daughter, Jada, um, <laughs> really inspired by your words. Um, and it just reinforces one of the things that, um, and I think Janelle, uh, my wife is on here too, um, just really enforces one of the reasons that um, we chose UIC is because we make me cry. Mm. a leader, um, you were faith-based um, and you shown us um, in the brief time that we did the visits um, that you embodied the values that we will want um, for our daughter. Um, and this just reaffirms that, you know, my family is a family of faith. Um, you see that background picture. Um, that's the road leading up to the house that I grew up in. And I think, um, is, somebody, is somebody on here from Tallahassee? That would be me, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I grew up about 20 miles outside of Tallahassee in a place called Miccosukee, Florida. I'm aware of Miccosukee. Uh, we um, went to a... It's a white church on a clay hill, Mount Sinai. They used to call it Holy Ghost headquarters back then. Come on, I know um, Mount Sinai. <laughs> back then, um, you know, we didn't have baptismal pools. We had we got baptized in Lake Louise. And um, so I come from a long line of prayer warriors. Um, that's what I believe in. That's what I'll continue to believe in. That's what my family believes in. I wanted to make sure that I, I said that and acknowledge the, the word that's being presented um, because I, I do have another engagement, but um, I love everything that you're saying, Coach. And, you know, like you said, God is always present. Yeah. Sometimes it's us that's not there. Um, so I believe in you. I believe in the vision that you instill when we first met you. And it'll come to fruition. It'll come to fruition. So I just wanted to say that and um, God bless you all and um, take care. Like I said, you talk about cutting the yard. I actually have to go cut my mother-in-law's mother yard. <laughs> <laughs> it's too dark. I told her I was coming over. Um, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. And yeah, it's it, it's been great. I, I saw this and I said, oh, they got Coach Pointer on here. I got to check this out. I got to check this out. And, you did not disappoint. You know, when I was growing up, you know, they had what's called the mourner's bench. Sat on the mourner's bench and come on prayed, now. Prayed for your soul salvation. And your mom and your grandma would get down on their knees and they would pray for your soul. And, you know, I remember I was on that mourner's bench and, you know, I asked someone, I don't know who it was, you know, what, what will I say? How will I know? And they said, just open your mouth and God will speak for you. Mm. That's when you, you were speaking today, you were, you were speaking nothing but the word, nothing but the word. Um, so I appreciate that. I, I thank you for that. And that's all I got. Take care. Oh, wait, wait. I want to say this, Mr. McLeod. Um, who, I want to thank you. Because in the, in the age where it's a lot of kids who transfer and everything else. Mm -hmm. And your daughter is such a talent to entrust mm -hmm. my coaching staff and I with her, with her talent, but also mm -hmm. her, the person. Mm -hmm. I thank you for that because it's not every day that you have parents who have prayed over their own kids and making sure 
they help to guide their kids to not where everyone else believes that he or she should go, but what's best for them. And so I thank you for um, entrusting my staff and I and for supporting because this shit was tough. Yeah. Like the, the way the kids had to show up for COVID, our rules yeah. being in a city, a, a very populated city. So our bubble was definitely different. And so I thank you for allowing your daughter her first year experience, which is probably the toughest year anyways, irregardless of mm-hmm. a pandemic, but to still encourage her and the things that she had to go through but also allow us to coach her. Mm. And when I say coach her, his daughter is arguably the most talented kid on our team. Arguably the hardest worker on our team does not miss practice, does not miss practice. And you can tell at the way in which she responds to constructive criticism, feedback, you can tell that her mom and dad have instilled so many things in her that goes beyond, oh, I only do it in front of my mom and daddy to like the core and the essence of who she is. And so I thank you for being an awesome parent. And so um, I want you to know that your daughter talk about the book of Daniel. (laughs) 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 But you and your wife, Hands down, y'all are fantastic people. And thanks for allowing us to share in her growth and her development. And the best is yet to come. Absolutely. And we thank you all. Um, it's not over yet. We gotta, we, we're going to keep chipping away and we're going to get there. Absolutely. That. Here we go. Coach, we need to give you a minute. That is right. Awesome. I love that. Listen, I wasn't expecting that. I know. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I can tell. And those are the ones that blow you away when we were just talking about how he comes even through people mm-hmm. that blindside us. But that was nobody but his directed hand right there. But just look at God. I met Coach Patrick in yep. church in New Jersey. And mm-hmm. so just to see how God, I, I got to tell y'all this God story. True Do story. it. Please. We like those. So I, I signed with Rutgers University, Coach Stringer, playing for a legend, right? And Coach Stringer takes us to church. She she took us to this one church, and we were like, we were all like, eh, I don't know if this church is for us. But then she takes us to this second church, right? And the second church is closer to Rutgers, and the pastor of the church um, recognizes it's Coach Stringer, all these tall women, and so then. He says to Coach Stringer, well, my friend from Chicago told me that I need to look out for um, the little, well, he, no, he said, I need to look out for this kid from Chicago. He had no idea if I was tall, small, like, so then he says, the girl from Chicago, can you stand up? I stand up. I don't look anything like he anticipated because my teammates at the time, 6'4", six, 6'6", six, two, and I'm the smallest one. So then, you know, I don't really want to stand up. I start like this, like, (laughs) and so we're at the back of the church and this was the old first Baptist church. So everyone turns around and it's little old me. And so he says, what's your name? So I I tell him my name and he says, I have a friend 
who told me to take care of you, to look out for you. And so just like that, Chelsea, to this day, I don't even think he knows the friend from Chicago who told him to look out for me. Yeah, it was just, he knew it was somebody. <laughs> yeah, but it helped to establish the relationship and it actually reconnected me in terms of my walk and my faith. And so from there, I gained a church home. I gained church family members, mother. I felt like father because I was so far away from home that First Baptist Church became my home. And so to have incredible people, and that's how I met Coach Pat. And to be able to grow fellowship with people, but know that we are all believers and we are connected and we are expected to share our testimonies and we're freed by them, right? But the way that God has shown up through people and connected me to people, I am amazed, I'm humbled, I am just in awe of who God is and how God shows up for me. I'm just talking about for me in terms of with people. And I just thank God for being connected to his power source and for the rest of us being obedient to be connected to God. And so when we're connected, you know what I'm saying? It all comes together and we get a chance to link up. And Chelsea, I just got to thank you for listening and obeying and creating this podcast because it's a lot of us who, who live in, I should have, I should have did it. I, I, I know God told me to do, do it, but to be obedient and do this podcast and to watch how faithful God has brought so many people to this podcast and has connected us. I'm excited because as we go into a, um, I, I would say a, a season where I can do more in terms of hopping on and fellowship. And I'm really, really excited because I'm supposed to be connected with this podcast. There are some people that I am supposed to learn from, grow with, and do what we call life with. There's nothing like doing life with people and understanding that we are connected and called for certain seasons together. And sometimes God wants us to go out and move on. Not that we forget or not that it's like, well, I can't believe she moved on. No, no. Like God had us together for a season. And so I'm indebted to um, God my whole life in everything that I do and excited to be one of many who get an opportunity to serve, but get an opportunity to share God's love on this platform as well as globally. And coach, you just said a whole word. First, thank you. Um, I think you're so right when it comes down to those moments where we are in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Um, you know, I, I've definitely been down that path numerous times in my life, so much so that now I recognize his voice in his hand. You know, I tell people all the time the word says his voice is still and small, right? And I said, that's fine. That's to some, but not to me. He knows his child. And to me, it is loud and abrupt and it is finite and it's like there's no way this isn't me I know my child and when I come I gotta come with it and when he does I have learned just through you know my path with him and things that I've been through that you know I'm not gonna stop I'm not gonna collect $200 I am gonna move and I'm gonna do and it has just been amazing much like what you said on your end but from my end where I sit 
being able to connect with individuals. And it's funny because there's people say, oh, well, did you talk to them about this? And I'm like, well, no, that's not what the call is. That's not what the bond is. And, you know, some people, well, you were talking to such and such. You didn't talk. That's not what that was. I am trying to spiritually grow and spiritually nourish myself and to be in the space where we can remove our title and contain the same one of servant leader. Mm-hmm. That is the blessing in it all. And to, as you said, these paths crossing and, you know, before we got on and you were sharing the story about your visit and mentioning coach Joni Taylor, and she was on here and hearing her message. The blessing of it all is recognizing the ties that bind you all, your success, that you can have so much success and you get on here and we talk face to face and you are some of the most humble, some of the most peaceful individuals but I, I, I say this all the time. It's the fact that no matter your position, you all have found the key. You recognize who positioned you there. That's the tie that binds every last one of you servant leaders. And it's amazing. And even connecting with Coach Pat, um, you know, Coach Pat, you know, I'm not going to uh, leave you out, man. You know, already, if you have something, I know you got something today. You have to have something today. But just how God would fix that over he hopped on months back. He hopped on months back, saw it same way as Mr. Daniel did, hopped on, and we've been cool ever since. And not only is a participator, but he's like, hey, this is somebody you should know. And I'm like, okay, connect me. What's up? You know, so Coach Pat, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Coach Pointer, I am so ecstatic that you are on this call right now i am so ecstatic you have no idea i'm doing my hallelujah dance all over this house because i just love when god's people gather and connect to each other it is just amazing things you know and it's it's amazing coaches on this podcast so i want to officially tell you welcome to the family as well Thank you. Thank okay. you for bringing me along. I'm telling oh, you, it, that's his will. That's his will. I didn't do it. That was his will. Listen, when she sent, she, when she, when I got that post, and I there's certain people that I have to follow every morning, right? Yeah. Coach Chelsea is that is that person, right? And so when she sent out that post, all these names just popped into my head. And believe it, believe me when I say this, your name was the first name that came to me. Wow. Your, your name was the first name. And you know, in the business of coaching, you know how many coaches and people and parents that you know, and your name came and you responded to the call. So let me tell y'all what's even deeper though. <laughs> I'm not even on... I'm not even on Twitter the way I need to be. Okay. Just social media. Like, it's really, really challenging. My assistants stay on me. And it seems like this is without fail. When I have a moment, I'll hop on. Somebody will call. I'll get a text. My kids will interrupt. And it's like, I'm never really on it the way I would like to be on it, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I just happen to see, because sometimes I could go two weeks, three weeks, like, not touch it. I just happened to see that you tagged me. And I was like, <laughs> I said, oh, you know what, God? I, was, I, know, I know how you said what, too. You I was like, what? Like- <laughs> <laughs> and 
What's even crazier to me, I was having a conversation with God talking about how I need to be connected to another group, Christian group, because obviously during the pandemic, I haven't been able to go to into a church. And so there are some things that I feel like God is continuing me on like the journey of, and sometimes Amen. we can't just be with our comfort zone of like, yeah, I'm used to doing this. Right. God, like, yeah, sis, part of that growth. If you're to grow as the leader, I need you to be a part of something else as well. That's right. That's so right. That's right. To have my attention where I opened up Twitter. That's right. And how you were talking about those uh, cave moments, right? This the pandemic. If you didn't get if you didn't get the lesson now through God through the, through the pandemic. <laughs> Yes. Because he said, he said, I'm going to slow everything down so everybody can hear me right now. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I, I so appreciate, I, I have so many thoughts right now that I got to slow down. But the one thing that I so appreciate you uh, for as long as I've known you is just been your openness and your honesty and your vulnerability. That's what is such a, so amazing about you. That's why you are like the Pied Piper of women's basketball. You know what I mean? Like when you talk, people listen. Like that old EF Hutton commercial. When you talk, people listen. Pe folks are listening. You have young women listening. You have young men listening to you. You have, and so God has has positioned you for such a time as this right now, you know? And so I'm, I'm always like so humbled, you know, to be, to be able to talk to you and to be able to share with you. And I, and I learn a lot, you know, I learn a lot from you. Um, one of the, I have a question for you though, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a question that I have for you. You are a amazing mom. You are amazing wife. You know, talk. <laughs> you are after this amazing, pandemic. <laughs> they you are like, amazing. Yeah. Hey, 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 listen, you're amazing coach, right? How do you, what do you do to find balance with so many hats that you wear? And now you got sent to a, you got sent to a city which absolutely right. You know, I was raised there in Chicago. So I know exactly what you could talk, you talking about. I could go a half a block and be super distracted and take my eyes off of God and what, and what his will is. So can you talk through that uh, for, for me? Yeah. About how you're able to balance that. I'll tell you um, one of the things that was so near and dear to my husband and I, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this. Um, we lived in Evanston and I had to consciously make the decision that God allows us as women and mothers to do it all. But doing it all comes at a price. And the price is, yes, we all have to make sacrifices, but what will you decide to sacrifice? And family time wasn't one of those things. So instead of having a two hour commute, um, hour 
each way, my husband and I decided that we would move to the city. And so it's been really good for me because I can walk to work, which is awesome. My kids, their school is within a two mile radius. And so everything we do, um, I get a chance to show up. I get a chance to show up as a mom. I get a chance to show up as a wife. So I eat dinner with my family. Like I eat dinner with my family. Even if I'm like, sweetie, I'm running 30 minutes late. It, start dinner at seven like come on come on like help me out but what's even um I would say cool for me is that because my daughters go to school um close when they get out of school when I run and pick them up I can bring them before the pandemic I was able to bring them into the building so I was never working like I'm not working I'm just you know having fun with what God has blessed me with right and so my daughters look up to the players For them, it's like going uh, on a field trip when they come up to UIC and they get to have fun. But doing all of this, it has required me to make the commitment. I have to get up before everyone else. Now, I wake up sometimes and I'm like, God, I'm not tired. Let me just jump up. Because some of it is if our actions, if we can just cue up our actions, then we'll be able to put one foot in front of the next if I allow my mind to tell me you're tired, lay in bed, I very rarely ever hit a snooze button. My body actually wakes me up. And so I think about how I can get the first hour when I wake up as meditation and quiet time with God. And then the next hour, can I get a workout in? Like I need to get this workout in and then I can get the girls up moving and functioning and I have moments where I get a chance to literally be a mom. And when I say be a mom, all of the the stuff, the waking up in the morning, the mom, I don't like that outfit. Like I get a chance to do those, right? Because sometimes as coaches, we miss those moments and opportunities. The other thing is, um, while I haven't been able to put it into action as much as I'd like, the gratitude walks for myself, I'm going to tell people this and it's okay. Um, I actually make, I have an index card for each player on our team with their names on it so that it's the reminder so I can pray for them. Maybe their major, maybe what I see with my eyes that they have going on, but they would never confirm that it's going on. Um, What I can observe from them, or sometimes it's in my conversations with them. Sometimes young people, 18 to 22, they need somebody just intercede for them. Because they don't mean to have it this way and that way, but like legit, um, sometimes as a leader, people walk in my office and like my day is gone. Like it's nothing I anticipated, but if I'm able to like steal a moment, like I might steal a moment, I might go in my bag and just have somebody's card. It'd be nice if I can get to the point where I can always go out on my gratitude walk and walk around. Like sometimes that may happen after work, uh, if I'm able to take my kids out, there's this uh, park that's close by that I'll walk. Either I'm talking or like I'm still in moments where I can literally lift somebody else up. And then as it's uh, the weather is breaking here in Chicago, 
if it really gets good for me, like this right here, like as a leader, if it really, really gets good for me, then I can ride my bike by myself so that I can have enough time of thought and reflection, but also still have my cards. Like my, my uh, coaches, like people don't know that I pray for them. Like, I'm telling y'all because we're praying team, right? But like, people don't know that I pray for them. Like for real, because I want to pray for the people that want to come in our program. And I now know like in my infancy, of being the leader of the program. It was, oh, you, you wanna come help out? Da, 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 da. Like, yeah, yeah, just, it, mm-mm. Gideon, the Lord said to Gideon, less is best. Amen. So, literally being reminded that um, what God has blessed me with in terms of position, not to take it for granted, to still function where um, I'm seeking God the same way when I wanted to become a leader of a program, doing my part and saying, you know what, God, I I do need to pray for those who I am leading, whether they know it or not. I need to do my part because we are all standing on the shoulders of somebody else who prayed for us, somebody else who was excited for us. I was talking to Chelsea about um, she's expecting and the blessing of expecting, especially daughters, right? And what she does now through this podcast, her daughter will be able to hear it and to see how mom served, not just mom served our family, but God used mom in a mighty way that mom has friends that are faith-filled all over the world through her obedience of starting this podcast. Because there were other leaders that God called, but they didn't hear the message completely. And maybe they were hesitant. God showed me several signs. Well, I don't know what sign God showed you, Chelsea, but you were obedient. And I thank God that you were obedient. No, seriously, because God chose you and you followed. You listen, you followed, and the rest of us are counting on you. We were counting on you. Like, God knew that we were all going to join this podcast at some point, but who was going to be the vessel? God chose you. Maybe somebody else he had given that opportunity to. Maybe they didn't take it, but you did. And look how you are helping to create so much conversation just by you being obedient and look how God is manifesting himself in all of us. Simple, random stories. What we call random is God coincidences. Like God, God knew that we were going to be connected. And every now and then some of us need to be reconnected, drawn back into the fold. And so Coach Pat, I needed to be reconnected. So you just drew me right on back in. See? It's amazing and all of that. And I think you're right. And honestly, you know, I'll tell you this because I said it at, um, a year ago. Well, actually, it's crazy. April blew by. So April was a year of this platform. Um, and so his signs, I told you, you know how I say he, it's abrupt, right? And there were different stages, but I got locked out of the house. <laughs> 
And it was like, okay, guess what you wanted, right? Remember I told you, still small don't work for me. <laughs> and it was like, nag, not nag, but I, hello, I'm telling you to do this. Hello, I'm telling you to do this. Okay, well, boom, locked outside my house for a couple of hours. Called Papa Lock, called all these individuals. They still can't get in my house, right? Can't get us in my house. So we're sitting in the car, um, my husband, my brother, my nephew, my niece, and we're just sitting outside. I, I live in Florida, it's hot, all right? <laughs> And, you know, it was in that moment that it was like, okay, I hear you. And that's when I sent out the tweet. And I said, you know, in these times where, you know, the world is shut down and as coaches, programs left and right, all you saw was ACC conference, SEC conference, conference after conference, now shutting down, shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. And now we're sitting here like, okay, at this point, we're, what we do is we lead and we steer these people, right? We steer our players, we steer those that we lead and everyone's on call. And yeah, people can have empathy, but we as coaches needed sympathy. We needed people who got it. We needed people who understood it, you know, and that's when I sent out that tweet. And I was like, I'm about to start this Bible plan, y'all. You know, who wants to join? And 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 boom, yep, you were one of them. And, and 50 people later, it was like, boom. And we had so much, as you said, conversations and rants within the comment section. It was like, you know, hey, and then Ty Garth, um, he was at, Fisk at the time, he's now over his own program, Ali um, mentoring group. And he said, Hey, can we, we got to do more. I want some of this banter set up a zoom call and, and boom, April 6th of last year, it started. And from there, as much like what you said, you'd be surprised. We know you wouldn't the number of individuals who say the same as you, I'm never on social media, or they'll say, I hardly check my inbox, but I got your message. Cheryl's mm-hmm. That's what she said to me. I almost fell out of my chair because I'm never afraid of no or not seeing. I'm not afraid of that. You know, you have not because you asked me. Mm-hmm. When I said it, I think maybe three days went by. So it was out of sight, out of mind. And then I saw the notification. It was like, hey, I never check my inboxes, but I see it. Sure, let's talk. <laughs> Blew me away. Okay. Yeah. So when individuals like yourself, who was just like, yeah, call me. And it's like, what? Like, you know, now the wow factor, it never leaves, but I I know that God is in this. So that portion, much like the grass and much like the bamboo, it doesn't get me anymore because impossible is where God starts. So I tell you all the time, you know, I keep speaking that thing. My God, mom, she, she's always on this listening. She hears me when I say, guess who we just got, you know? <laughs> and she, you know, she gets excited but she's like, Chelsea, I'm not surprised. This is a God thing. And so I all the time, I'm like, yep, it's all right. Steph Curry, LeBron, all them, they going to come, right? It's coming. I speak and manifest those things. But the, the reason is not because of the name. And that's what people say, you know, I told you. When they saw Tasha Point, it was like, oh, my gosh. You know, there's a coach down here in Tallahassee. Her name's Erica Cromartie. And she was like, man, living legend. She's a living legend. You know, right. I love her. she's the truth. You know what I mean? That is definitely true. She's Absolutely right. I totally agree. But the amazing part of all of it is, much like you said, God has placed us here to allow our random stories of how he's worked in our lives to connect us and continue to build us and build our faith and our growth and our relationship in him. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of this whole entire thing. Yeah, that's true. I have a question for you, Chelsea. Sure. What made you follow through? Because I've seen, (laughs) 
I talk about this all the time. Faith without works is dead. So like what makes it is because I've seen the impact of when I don't. I tell people all the time how I say it, you know, I say two things all the time. The first one, Coach KB, she loves this. And KB, I'm going to make sure you don't have anything before we begin to close up. But uh, one, if God didn't send it, I don't want it. Okay. That's one of the things I've learned and a staple in my life right now. You see her? And the second one, though, is I've tried it my way so often. And the solution set of me trying it my way, I've never liked Never, never liked, you know, and you and I, I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking even after this podcast. I never liked the way that it looked when I did it my way. Mm. I've never liked the way the outcomes never are good ever, but mm. I tried it his way, right? Much like you said, sometimes it's like, well, did he really, was it really him? When I tried it his way, it has always, not sometimes, not most of the time. It is the only thing in my life that has always, 100% of the time, worked out, even when I didn't understand it. Mm. At this point, because of all the things I've been endured, been through, how, you know, as people say, I cheat death, right? Mm-hmm. A walking testimony. My testimony of how he healed me from an aneurysm, my mm-hmm was that I would always be your mouthpiece and your vessel. So send me. I don't care if I'm like, okay, that would look kind of (laughs) dark. You know, my promise was always send me. And because I've known what it looked like when I tried my way and every single time, even with an inoperable and unfavorable inoperable brain in my head, I still tried it his way. Wow. And you looking at me. Mm. So if I can do that, and if he can do that, and he says, hey, little girl, I need you to get on here and connect some people to this Bible app. I can handle that. I thought I couldn't handle sitting in the hospital bed trying to debate, should they cut my head open? I can handle that. Mm -hmm. Single time, big and small. When we don't know where he's going with something or we, we, we don't know, and I don't know that it makes sense. Much like Christine Kane says, impossible is where God starts mm-hmm. or what God does. So you're looking at a miracle and whatever he asks, ain't no second guessing. Yes, sir. Just like anything else. Yes, sir. Let's get on. So, yes, ma'am. Get her done. Get her done. That's it. Anything. And here we go. Anything else? <laughs> I don't mind. Anything else? And how freeing it is, though, coach. Mm-hmm. How freeing it is, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, hey, it seems like nothing ever bothers you, but that's not true. But there's a freedom. There's the freedom that you get when you recognize how he moves mm-hmm. and the freedom in knowing that you're not going to always get it right. He knows that, but that you're in his will. That, that, and that's something that in spite of, you know, how people have their hobbies and their things that they draw to that just keeps bringing them back. Mm-hmm. When you find peace, true peace, you're, you're willing to do whatever it is to stay in that peace. And, and that peace is with him. True. I love it, coach. Yes. KB, we didn't forget you, boo. I just want to make sure you didn't have anything for uh Give Coach her her final two questions that put her in the fold on the call. 
Yeah, I have I have a few things to say. Uh, a lot of things that Coach Cornette shared has really hit home, especially uh, everything that's going on with me today. Uh, hi, Coach Pointer. I am Coach Chris Barnett. I am a high school coach in Cincinnati. I know you, I think you did a stint at Xavier. I did. Correct. Yes, I, I graduated from UC, but I still like you. <laughs> you know, it's Crest House, you're not rivals. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, like a couple of things that you said today that I wrote down. Um, so today, well, yesterday I resigned from my position and have put in a lot of, uh, just a lot of work. It was inner city and I'm getting these phone calls now. Why, 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 why? And I was just like, God said it was time to go. So like when you said God, God calls us to move on, and then the whole thing with I should have, you know, just I don't want to live in regret. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like um, like God is with me on this path right now. I want to do other opportunities. So um, appreciate you saying that. Just I like to, to, to hear it from other people, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm not the only one going through stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, which is my favorite and what I've learned and I've taken away from my years coaching uh, at this particular place, and you said it, and it's so important to me as a woman of color to model um, for the kids, for the parents, and the vulnerability and being your true self. And another servant leader on this podcast uh, that we were talking about, uh, Brittany Azale, uh, she says, in order uh, to be a woman, they got to see a woman. So I appreciate you uh, just sharing your journey. Uh, and then sharing that with us, uh, it hit home and it meant a lot. I'm very inspired by it. I do have one question though, since I'm getting ready to take a leap of faith and run with God. So uh, I think you did some stints at uh, Xavier Northwest or whatever. Um, is that correct? Yeah, okay. Northwestern. Um, how did you, yeah, Northwestern. How did you, uh, how did you know those were the right fit? Is it something like, I mean, did you pray to God about it or did it come? I just, how do you know in your coaching journey that was, that was the way, way to go? The first thing I began thinking about this, uh, one thing that happened with and uh, I'd like to share it with you because it's important that if you heard God say this particular thing, it was time to move from that position, you've got to be obedient. I was at a school and I knew that God had told me it was time to go. I was like, but Lord, are you sure? Like, God, you're not sure. Yeah, God. Yeah. Okay, then come on, give me some signs. But God didn't give me the signs that I wanted to see. So I stayed longer. And it's something about, um, I had my second kid and my husband named her God answered. Like that's her name, that's, that's what Anaya means, God answered. And I knew it, like it was so insane to me, I knew it. And so I had to leave and I couldn't explain it to people. It's like, I couldn't explain it, I, I gotta go. And there was one point that I was unemployed and I was like, God, now, I haven't been coaching in the month in some change. God, did you really tell me? I have lost it now. Like, 
Now I'm at my parents. I have two kids and I, I gotta be crazy because my body was on this routine structure of college coaching. And as God would have it, God had somebody call me and say, hey, are you interested in this position? And I was like, oh, God, you serious? And so what I thought was I'm never going to coach at the division one level again because I just ruined it because I thought I heard from God. I did hear from God. My time had expired there. And because I was looking at what man said, what my friend said, how I, I don't know, like, God, you really want me to step out like this? Like, God, you know that Mothers with multiple kids as assistant coaches don't get positions and opportunities like that. People, some women who become moms, they are um, limited in a profession because some coaches don't want to hire a woman with a family. And I got two kids under five. My work ethic, like I work, I'm a worker and God has revealed to me how to do it all, Right but sacrifices that I need to make. Well, when I got this call, not only did God bless me with an opportunity to be back in division one coaching, but God was able to uh, allow me to make more money, allow me to be in a position where people understood my story and allowed me to do things with my family, I'm talking about my kids, that otherwise I would have never imagined. And to, to do something that your friends and everyone else will tell you is crazy, be crazy for God. Because what God had for me was just for me. And because God will reveal what you're to do next, you just have to understand, KB, you got to be still and listen. And being still, being in that cave, be looking around like, I'm by myself, God. Like, journal, whoever your go-to person is, cry, laugh, tell them the truth, but go to God and truth and God will show you where you supposed to be, how you supposed to get there. God already got our steps ordered. Like he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. God knows, KB, like your next part, you just did the first thing, which is typically the hardest thing. You let go of the right now for God's complete plan. I don't know what that is for you, but be encouraged because God is all in that thing. Girl, your praise report about to be off the chain. Like you about to be tumble. Listen, Chelsea, you got to interview KB, because look, somebody oh, it's coming. Look, it's coming. Somebody needs to hear your testimony as well. And we all need um, moments like this where we can share. I was telling Coach Chelsea, I thought that I wanted to go to the University of Alabama. Two of my high school teammates were there. I was on an official visit and they told me they got one scholarship. Joni Taylor was on that visit. Joni got that scholarship. Guess what? I got a chance to visit my friends, but you only got the scholarship. And what's the beauty in all of it is 
I, will, I went to the school that I was supposed to go to. Like without going to Rutgers, I would never met my husband. So God already has your steps ordered and he will reveal several things now that you've done your part. I appreciate that. I mean, I would, I talked to Chelsea about that a lot. Um, I think I was extremely um, blessed to learn at a young age, probably around 15 at a uh, God's favor, like it is gonna come. You just keep your head down and keep him first. So when I tell people that, you know, I feel like I give them faith too, because they're like, how? But I, I believe, so thank you. I know it's gonna come. I, I, it's hard, so I'm gonna stay patient, but um, thank you for coming on. Great to uh, connect with you. And I can't wait to watch you and your staff and your team play following season. So I want to see that passion coach. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you this, so it's you. No, you're welcome. As soon as our shutdown period is over, I'm going to ask coach Chelsea to, um, to give you my contact information because I, I really do follow the rules. And so, um, I, I'm not allowed to do the recruiting piece and talk to coaches as it relates to that part. But as soon as it's over May 10th, I want you to let me know how I can assist you. Okay, I appreciate that, Coach Nick. Oh, you're welcome. Super dope. That's what it's all about. Yeah. As the old folks say, so they know, Coach, I got two questions for you. It is the two questions that pushes you in, initiates you into this family, right? They're good questions, I promise. It's a good initiation. But before I do that, just want to make sure, as the old folks say, all hearts and minds clear from, here we go, from our congregation, just real quick. Want to make sure y'all are good first. <laughs> I'm an old soul. I got a little old soul. I see. All right. So coach, you know, here's the thing. Much like you were talking about, I'm up early too. Okay. It's my alarm can go off, but a, a lot of the times I'm you know, already kind of eyes been open for a little bit. And that's just what happens because it gives me that time with him that's uninterrupted. You know, I was laughing on here. People say, yeah, God's with you because he don't want that time with you. <laughs> no one else wants that time just with you. God can have it. I'm like, I'm sure at 5 a.m., yep, that's right. But you're right. There's no distractions. And a lot of the things that I love to do, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to my scripture. I'm reading the word and, and I'm asking him to speak to me. And he can speak to me with no distractions. One of the practices that I've always done and has been so amazing in this time is that I love to do my God is devotion. Mm -hmm me to remember who he is in spite of what I go through, right? It reminds me of what he's been able to do and what he is in my life in spite of what happened in that day. And so I'll say God is, and I just rip it off. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my shelter. He's my, and I go and I can get so lost in time because that list really is endless. It really is. Mm -hmm. You don't get a Rolodex though, coach. You get one, you get one. So if I were to say God is, and I left a blank to Coach Tasha Pointer. God is what? Hmm. Not multiple things. Not multiple. Nope. I make it hard. Everyone always says God is my savior. Uh, I feel like God is my go-to. Come on. God is my go-to. Come on. That's like my, new. Come on. Like, God is my go-to. And some of the reason why God is my go-to, because oftentimes we can run to the phone and not the throne. And 
<laughs> situations, including like, man, let me holler at my husband. Like, husband can't Come pick on up. here. Me and me. Don't make me jump out this chair now. Come Ooh, on. Oh, okay. Throne. Here we go, God. God is my go-to. I can't with you. She don't want to get off this call tonight. She doesn't. She doesn't. Cause I, I want to stay forever. You keep throwing fire just like that. I love it. And yes, yes, you're right. That is good. Oh, I don't need to go to the phone. I need to go to the throne. Come on now. And I'm telling you, that's just a, one of my favorites. Get off Facebook and put your face in the book. Come on. Hey, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but this got on the show. Oftentimes in Chicago, it's so much going on. It's so much all the time going on. I drive with no music. Mm -hmm. I, it's just me, God. Yeah. I love entering the city because you get the skyline view and I get all of, all of like, man, God, did you really make the skyline? I love Lake Michigan because when you're walking, running, biking on Lake Michigan, like, it's like another wonder that God has given us amidst the chaos and how many people can block out and shut it down. Coach Patrick, I don't know if I fully answered like your question, but one of the things that I'm very intentional with and it drives other people crazy because other people as in friends from way back, people believe that, um, that you have all this time in the world. Family members believe I got all this time and I really don't. So then I have to become extremely intentional. Obviously, I block my mornings and I make sure that most people, like really no one is up. So it gives me an opportunity to be with God. But then I'm just at the point where, you know, I can't do it. I, mm -hmm. In order for me to serve God, I have got to allow the crowd to be over there and I got to be over here. Come on. And that's hard because naturally I gain so much energy from being around people. Like I get like my cup filled, but God also said that I need to be still. Yeah. So if I want to be filled, I have to be still. And so being still because God has blessed me with the opportunity to serve other people. And so you can't serve people if you're not um, getting a refuel. Mm -hmm. So Sometimes I'll just sit out in Maggie Daily Park and I sit like this, watch people. I want to sit on the bench by myself and just chill and be like, yep, God, I thank you for that. God, all you. And there's a, an incredible amount of peace where I honestly feel like I'm in a movie. There is so much going on and I feel like I'm the fly on the wall that people see, but they don't see. Cause I'm not buzzing. I'm not the, the winter fly that bothers you because um, it's like sedans all over you. I literally am the summer fly who is resting up and I'm just watching the people before I engage again. And so that's why God is my go-to because God has continued to show me that the throne is the most important. And you got to know that when you are in a position where God is using you, utilizing um, the gifts that he has given you, you have got to be okay with shutting it down. And there's a time and a space to love on your people and love them. But the 
the old me who used to always be available, not my story. I, I cannot please you and God. So God, my go-to, he got that. You, I'm gonna come back for you. Don't worry about it. Like God gonna let me come back for you. I love it, goat. I can't, I'm not gonna do it. This is of course, the Servant Leader Podcast. Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where servant leadership are two words that we truly do not only just say that we are, but we work every day and seek counsel with individuals like yourself to recognize a platform. We always tell people they need to be leaders. You need to be a servant leader, you need to be a leader, but has anyone given them the template? And so that's what we do here where faith and servant leadership is at the core. So servant leadership are two words, right? We have to have a very long and true definition of this thing. And so I'm going to ask you, Coach Tasha Pointer, if I were to say servant leadership, what is servant leadership to you? Servant leadership is, I would say, serving people with your heart, your mind, your body, but serving I would say young people's hearts and minds every day for, in my opinion, what they will need for their future. It's unique because the population 18 and 22, they are thinking about now and you have to serve them now for later. Serve them now for later. Most of us learn in review. And so servant leader is serving people now for later. Later for them. Because later is when they will review and really understand and learn everything and the reasons why you were serving them. With you, coach. All God. All God. Listen, I felt like I was on the hot seat the last two. I'm like, okay, so God, like what? That's ready. And that and that is why they are the two initiation questions because they truly do one. I know y'all gonna always be fine because it's the true part of you. You're a servant leader, so it's in you. Uh you believe in God, so it's in you. And and that the the key piece is just trying to pinpoint. There's many answers that you'll have. I know that. But I know God will always bring the one he wants you to say out. And it's always new. Mm-hmm. Serving people now for later. Come on, coach. Yeah. I, as I was um, just listening, I thought of someone who should be on this podcast. Come on here. We're her, name, her name is Corey Close. She's a head women's basketball coach. Come on. Now, let me tell you a little bit about God. So that's another message that she just hadn't seen yet. So go ahead. Yeah. God works through people. Work it out. Yeah. But I think Corey Close and Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates is the head coach at Cleveland State for men's basketball. I love it. Yeah. We've seen what happens when God works through the heart of men to connect people. And so I, I know that He's doing that through you. So Miss Corey Close and Mr. Give me the name again. 
Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates, we're coming for you. Yep. We're coming for you. Coach, man, this has been a pure blessing. It is. And like I said before, we've talked before, and I know we're going to talk even after this. I'm so thankful for, you know, just your obedience. I'm thankful for what you allow God to be in your life, right? Because yes, it's all God, but we have to make the decision to be obedient to it, right? Mm -hmm. Obedience allowed us to connect. Obedience allowed Coach Pat to connect us together. Obedience is what Coach KB is doing. Obedience is what those sweet parents of your player, you know, what that allowed them to come on and say. It's that connection, but we have to be obedient to the call. And, and when we can do that, oh my God, what blessings comes from that. So I thank you just for being here, for the conversation, for the wisdom that you have imparted. Oh my goodness. Like I'm telling you, I always says the joy is, you know, when I get to listen in the morning, when I edit and compress and get ready to upload it on your date. And I hear it as a viewer. I don't hear it as a host, I hear it as a viewer. And that is when it really hits me when I'm like, wow. So thank you, coach, just for being who you are and just for shedding light on the servant leader coaches Bible study. Cause I know that those that heard us tonight and heard those that will hear you on the podcast are going to be blessed by it. Oh, thank you so much for allowing me to join the servant leader, uh, leadership group, I must say, um, for sure. community. Thank you everyone who will have an opportunity to listen because we all need to be reminded. So God sometimes has had leaders who have had peace. Come on. And then there are leaders who have had to stand in war times, right? Mm-hmm. Well, God has a leader for all seasons. Come on. And so I was just able to share the part about Gideon and obviously him being a warrior, a fighter, and galvanizing the right people to fight with him, right? According to who God had chosen, right? Mm-hmm. But then the other part is that God also gave Gideon peace. Like after the battle, God will allow you to have peace. So after you build the program, after you've done it all and gone through all the adversity and feel like, oh, I need to give up or you're one step closer. People don't remember the beginning. And we live in a microwave society where people remember the right now. Mm -hmm. So it is my responsibility before God reveals it to everyone. It's my responsibility to talk about the valley, the Come valley, because we all have it and the valleys are where we still grow. And so having the opportunity to connect and to encourage someone else who's in the valley, who's thinking like, man, like God, but did you forget about me? I'm here to tell you that God didn't forget about you. We can't forget about God and we can't stop working because even when it looks like, God, don't nobody see me. Don't nobody see my work. People are always watching. And as a leader, how you show up in anything is how you show up in everything. So even in our quote unquote losing seasons, if you were to ask our players, if you were to ask our staff, I'm not coming in like, oh, I'm bit No, we're we going to get it done. And so we're doing it in faith and in excellence because that's who our God is. That's who we serve. And so having a responsibility to um, exude that even in the lean years so that when God shows the prosperity for UIC women's basketball, 
people won't think it's an overnight success and how'd you do it and things like that. Because Chelsea, I wouldn't come back on to boast about, hey, and this is, because this that's when people really want to take off, right? And like, yeah, but I'm glad that you allowed me to come in and talk about where we are, what I prayed for, and what God has been doing. And I think it's only fitting that God would have one of our players' parents on the call. And that was nobody but God. Right. It's a reminder that when God has called you to do what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. you got to stand on it, believe in it. And when it looked like you're about to crack, if you have led enough, it, you got to have a strong support group of praying people who knew God way back when, so that in my moments of weakness, in my authenticity with our team, our our staff, that other people will lift you up, hold you up like they did Moses' arms. And every time his arms were held up, the Israelites, they were winning. And when they went down, they started losing, right? So having people around you who will lift up your arms when you feel like you can't pray for yourself or when you feel like you cannot do any more for yourself, having people around you that you've already prayed for to enter into the group, into what God has said supposed to be. And so I thank you for moments like this because it allows all of God's children to understand that God has done it in the East, the West, the North, the South, And if we stay connected to God, God will give us the strength we need for tomorrow and beyond. There it is, y'all. Oh, thank you for sharing. I'm with you, Coach Pat. I'm with you, Coach Pat. So amazing, Coach. Well, you know we have your back. You're now part of the Servant Leader family. We're going to be shouting you out, looking, cheering, all that good stuff. We just thank you for being here today. Before uh, we get off, if you guys could just bow your heads, you know we got to close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what we've been able to see and what we've been able to hear and for this time in allowing us to come together. You ordained this. And I thank you, Lord God, that when you show up, especially for me, you show up in a way that it is abundant, it is abrupt, and it is truly a, a vision and a sight to see that there's no question as you. I thank you right now, Lord God, just for the conversation, for the gems dropped, Lord God, for the wisdom spoken through your vessel, Coach Tasha Pointer. I'm asking right now a special prayer that you just put your hands on her, Lord God, to continue to help lead her team, Lord God, lead those young ladies the way that you would have her to, Lord God, in spirit and in truth, Lord God, on the court and off the court, Lord God, helping them and serving them for later now, Lord God. We thank you right now for connection. We thank you, Lord God, for how you work through the hearts of men to get your work done, Lord God. We thank you for being servant leaders. And in that, Lord God, we pray that you give us rest. If you give us rest, Lord God, we can restore so we can continue to pour because we know we can't pour from empty cups, Lord God. We ask that you heal our world here in our land because with everything going on, Lord God, we know you have a plan. But most of all, Lord God, we ask that you continue to let us be lights so that those that may not know you can find you. And your son Jesus' name will always pray. Amen. Amen.